Oh, yeah. Uh, kia ora, everyone. Welcome to another episode of, of Chopping It Up. Um, today, we have a, a very special guest, um, and actually our first overseas guest, um, someone who I've known for a little while just through social media, and um, he's always been real and genuine, and I'll get him to introduce himself. Uh, how you guys doing? My name is Fale Malapai. Um, out in the Bay Area, uh, I am a Polynesian basketball skills trainer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, I, I just thankful to be a part of this. I appreciate you a lot for even thinking of someone like myself. You know, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for inspiring, like you said, Polynesians. Um, seeing your work from afar, so I've always been a fan. Um, but we'll get your business, your program, what you run came up from the Roots Training. How did that come about? Um, man, it's kind of crazy. I, I didn't even look at to doing basketball training, you know, after right. I graduated high school. Hmm. Um, it, you know, Polynesian family, it's literally just either you go to school or you work. <laughs> right, you right. Know? And, um, so I just went through the, the working route. And um, not that I didn't fall in love with basketball or I wasn't in love with basketball. I just, God just had a different a path for me, you right. know. And um, then I slowly started to get things back together. Um, started off training, you know, one of my nephews. Mm. You know, I started training him. And uh, from there, it just got to his teammates. Uh, from his teammates, now it turned into training kids within the city. Right. Uh, and then from there, it just it just kind of took off on its own. And, um, and I just decided to quit my job full time about – four and a half, five years ago. And, right. and, and it was crazy at the time just because it, it wasn't, it wasn't really something that I probably should have done. I, it was right. just one of those things that you're like, what are you thinking of? Right. Right. Why are you doing this? So <laughs> it, it was one of those, man. But um, right. I'm thankful it, it panned out the way it did. Honestly. Right. Yeah. A little uncertainty. I bet when you, when you first did it. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, at the time, and this may sound crazy, you know, hmm. at, at the time, I was probably training roughly around 50 to 70 hours a week. Wow. And um, if I was lucky, if I was lucky, right, I would make probably $50. Wow, that's crazy. Right. If right. I was lucky, I think yeah. the crazy part was just I just truly loved it. Mm. So I was – it wasn't like I was just like, oh, I just want to train for free. Right. This was just something in my heart, you know. Again, being Polynesian, right, and how we're raised, um, majority of our families don't have the funds or belief into mm-hmm. finding a trainer. Mm. So for me, I just wanted to give something back to the youth. I didn't know right. how, right? I didn't know what. I just knew that basketball was the thing that God kind of blessed me with, and I wanted to use that. Um, so it was it was amazing, man. I really wanted to just give back to those who who come from a similar background as ourselves, who don't mm-hmm. have nothing, who mm-hmm. don't have the right, you know, financial status, unfortunately, to to have a trainer. So for me, I felt like I was living a dream, you know, right. to even do something I love. Now, right. we'll get into it later on when the bills start adding up because right. that's a whole other story. Right, but, right. Yeah, man, I, I'm just thankful. And it, was, and it was a blessing, but it was a struggle for sure. But it was something that, I would go through time and time again if I had to redo it again. Dope, dope. Um, you touched on a few things like growing up in the in the Bay Area and coming from Polynesian family. Uh, I watched your documentary series on YouTube, uh, How the Roots Grew, and I was like, man, this is dope. It really entails your story like 
can you go a little deeper into what it was like growing in the growing up in the Bay Area, like especially with a big Samoan family? And man, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my upbringing. I absolutely mm. love. I thought it was amazing. You know right. what I mean? I and it's crazy now going back, and we're we're a lot older now, and we just rethink like, damn, how did we make this possible? Right, you right. Know? So I grew up in a house that was filled with 35 to 42 kids. Mm. That was just the kids. Um, <laughs> now we add in the adults. We're looking at probably like 10 adults, right? you know, and, um, and this is a four bedroom house. <laughs> um, food was very limited, right? But, uh, man, there was days where we, where we didn't eat. There was days where we had everything and, mm. The crazy part to me personally was I thought we were rich. Right. Yes. I saw that you in know, the video. Yeah. I had no idea we were poor or barely right. making ends meet. Right. I, I truly thought we were rich. And yeah. and it goes back to, um, you know, Polynesian family, humble beginnings on mm -hmm. our foundation, which is love mm. and how we built on love. And right. so for me, I thought we were rich. You know, <laughs> obviously now you start to grow up and get a little older then you start seeing kids with the newest shoes right and stuff like that you know i go to my friend's house and he's like man we're about to eat dinner i'm like dinner i'm not used to having a breakfast lunch and dinner like right. I, I, thought, I thought that was only on tv right so for us you know polynesian it was like oh eat when you can and eat what you can so mm -hmm. man i i was i didn't know we weren't you know financially in that in that predicament but right. You know, I wouldn't change my upbringing. I loved every bit of it, you know, and it was yeah. amazing. Um, and yeah. it was, it, it played a huge role into who I am today. So, for sure, I, I absolutely loved it, but it was tough, man. It was tough, especially <laughs> yeah, I got bet. a little bit older, yeah. man. It, right. it was tough, but man, I loved my childhood. I loved yeah. it. It's crazy for seeing that. I was like, man, that's similar to like a lot of New Zealanders who are probably growing up the same way, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, you're, you're halfway across the world, but the, the similar upbringing in terms of being humble and being grateful for what we have, it might not be the biggest, but we always are appreciative of it, you know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Man, I, I, I was just I was just truly blessed and fortunate to have and be raised the way we were raised. You know what I right. mean? Right, for sure. The Polynesian community is amazing. It, mm -hmm. it, it's amazing, man. And I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it for the world. For sure. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your, your playing days in, in high school? I saw on YouTube video, you were putting up some numbers, man, at, at your high school. Man, you know what? Playing was was absolutely fun. Um, mm. You know, I don't I don't really talk too much about myself on that part just because right. you know, I try not to make it feel like that's my job. But, <laughs> um, man, I, I had an awesome time. Uh, I won a couple MVPs for our league and a couple right. – um, first team all leagues and stuff like that. I enjoyed it, man. I, I, I thought basketball at that time to me, basketball was just my sanctuary. It wasn't something right. I really looked at like, Oh, I'm going to make it to the NBA. Mm. It was just something that I truly had fun with. And it was right. something that I could run to, you know right. what I mean? Right. And, um, it was just dope, uh, to play during that time. Unfortunately, you know, with, with growing up, we, we lost our home. You know, yes. so when we lost our home, my whole mindset transitioned. Right. You know, where um, I wasn't looking at basketball no more. I was looking at, okay, how can I make ends meet? How can I help the family? Right. And um, 
So when college came around the corner, it, that was a no-brainer to me. Like, I'm mm. going straight to working. I need to help out somehow. Right. Um, and basketball, the dream just seemed so far away. But right. it, I, I enjoyed my time playing basketball. And, um, you know, God just had a different plan. He just sure. had a different plan. Yeah. And how, how did um how did the transition to becoming a trainer come along? Um, can you talk about that a little more in depth? I know you spoke about your nephew, but you also spoke about in the YouTube video about having taking a break away from the game, and then it yeah. kind of fell on you by accident, right? Yeah, it, it honestly just fell into my lap. Um, right after after graduating, I wasn't even looking at basketball basketball at all. You know, mm. it it wasn't even something that I would do for fun. It wasn't that. <laughs> I didn't like the game no more. It just life just hit me. You know what I mean? And right. Um, everything started to move super fast. And, you know, after we lost our home, we moved to San Francisco and I was around real poverty by then. Right. So, you know, drug addiction. Um, we were around violence. There was gunshots Ooh. every night. So, wow. you know, we literally would have police at our home every day, Ooh. not at our home, but around our home every right. day mm. um so that part was just completely you know just new to me so right and then the life of san francisco is very fast yeah so i started to fall into things like that you know i started mm. to fall into the fast life of san francisco so basketball right. was was super far from my mm. mind um and then you know started to slowly get get into it got invited to a couple games just to watch my old high school coach um, he's been asking me, like, he was like, man, do you want to just come check it out? You know, right. just come check it out. And just, he had an AAU program at the time. And I was like, man, what the heck? What do I got to lose? Like, yeah. I might as well go check it out. So I went mm. to go check it out. My nephew was playing at the time. And um, he just asked me, he was like, man, I really want to pursue this. And I really want to get some training in. Is there any way you could train me? For me yeah. personally, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I I look back at it and I'm just like, man, what was I thinking? But I was super passionate about it. I knew that this was probably going to be my way to fall back in love with the game. And um, I just wanted to give back. So right. getting back into it, it was actually a pretty simple transition. The right. hard part was the money part. And that, you know, we'll talk about that when that comes later on. But yeah. Um, I just fell back in love with it. And it, deep down in my heart, this I and being Polynesian, I feel like this is instilled in all of us. We just want to help people. For sure. You know, we just want to give and love and nurture others. We just don't know how, you know. Right. So for me, I just didn't know how. And mm. through that first couple of training sessions, I was like, damn, I actually really love this. And I see right. the joy in their hearts. So when I started to see them smiling off of it, it just helped me to be like, okay, this is something that God instilled in me. Right. So, you know, and my, my cousin always talks about the scripture where it talks about God blessing people with talents mm. and using those talents. So for mm. me, I was like, man, this is that talent that God has blessed me with. Right. And um, I, I would be selfish if I didn't share this. For sure. So the transition was pretty easy. Mm. Um, but it was well worth it. Like I loved every bit of it and yeah. it was, it was pretty smooth. It was pretty smooth. Right. Um, it didn't feel forced upon. It felt really organic, like really. Organic. Right. Man, that's dope. Um, 
just to touch on that a little bit, Fale, your your approach. I've seen a lot of your videos on, on social media where you're talking to your players and, and your approach is real holistic where you relate a lot of the basketball stuff to life. Uh, like, where did that come from? Is that just from the upbringing of, of like you said, being a poly and whatnot? Or... Man, you know what? Uh... For me, thing was to understand, like, basketball is not going to be forever. Mm. Mm. Um, and I wanted to find a way where I could relate life and basketball. And, you know, we all talk about this. We've all had coaches yeah. where, like, they told us, like, hey, this is going to be just like life. Like, little stuff that we've learned from the game yeah. we apply to life. And for me, I just always wanted to mesh those two. How can right. I relate basketball to life? Because at the end of the day, we're going to meet a ton of kids that come from completely different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, and the one thing that the one common thing that brings us together is a basketball. So how can I relate basketball to life? Mm. Um, so that's always been my biggest thing, because um, for me, it's just deeper than basketball. Um, for sure. I, I really, truly want to help people's life. You know, mm. and basketball. Yes, I love basketball, but basketball doesn't define who I am. Mm. You know, so for mm. me, that's always been like, how can I help these people? in a positive way, but also use the talents that God has blessed me with. So for me, it was just an easy, it was just one of those things. that's like, okay, like life, everyone's going through life. We all, we all have great days. We all, we all have amazing days. We all have low days. Right. And I think I had to figure out like, okay, how can I apply this? Like, Mm. for example, there's a video I talked about making mistakes. You know, we're going to be okay. Like in life, we make mistakes. In basketball, we make mistakes. But it's what are the what are we going to do through those times we make those mistakes? Are we going to learn from it? Are we going to, you know, grow from it and stuff like that? So for me, it was just more so on that. And how can I apply it and how can I make it to where I could grasp that kid that, you know, maybe going through something in his life? We all don't know that. you know. And how can I relate? So that was my biggest thing was just to make sure that I'm there and I offer yeah. myself to everyone. Mm. And and that's not only with people that I'm able to work with, mm. but just with people that I'm able to come across. You know what mm. I mean? I, if, if a small video like this could reach people in New Zealand, that right, I feel exactly. like I've done my job. Right, right. You know, and, right. and there's just a bigger picture, you know, that's and awesome. I'm just truly thankful. Mm. That's dope, man. And like you said, for like the term – you know, it's bigger than basketball gets thrown around a lot these days. You know what I mean? And and you you genuinely live it. Like I remember when it was it was two years ago, uh, my high school team was coming to the Bay Area, and like I'd never met you or anything, but I saw like your work, and I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna hit this guy up," and I hit you up like, "Hey, like, hey, fella, like, blah, blah, blah. if I ever get the chance to see you, could I come into one of your workouts?" And no hesitation, you're like, "Brother, like, come whenever you whenever you're here." Man, and that's when I was like, no. "Damn, this guy's real." <laughs> No, it's love. And I think it's just more so because um, we don't see too many Polynesians, for one. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And secondly, I just always thought about it if I were trying to learn, you know, mm. how, how would I do? How would I approach it? And, you know, this game is not to be not to be sold, but to be told, you know, yes. and that was my biggest thing is I wanted to tell as much as I can and help people as much as I can. And and give a name for us as Polynesians. You know what I mean? If, right. if we look at it, we're told that we don't look the part and that we don't belong in this sport. Right, right. So for me, it always hits home, especially when 
um, a Polynesian person reaches out or even a person of color, you know, yes. and yes. I just wanted to make a statement and be of help of any way I can, you know, For and sure. that I'll always be that way. And mm. I'm going to continue to be that way as much as I can. For sure. That's why I shout out you guys like you and, and Clint Parks a lot to, to who I meet, you know what I mean? Just there's poly guys who are doing it. Oh, do I love Clint? <laughs> he's 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 hella funny too. Hey, he's hilarious. I actually got to network with uh Tahina and we I know I was yes, trying I saw to that. Yeah, I was trying to meet up with Clint, man, but mm. unfortunately it didn't happen. But right. man, that guy's <laughs> that guy's hysterical. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen soon, bro. Yeah, yeah, great dude. Um how have you the evolution of basketball trainers follow like here in New Zealand is there's, there's a ton everywhere now and I see the good and the bad but what are your thoughts on it? I agree man. I, I, I think it's amazing. You know there's amazing uh there's a ton of trainers out here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Which is great, you know, because there's a million kids that need help. Right. Um then there's also the stuff that we kind of question like hey is that real training and stuff like that or Ooh. Are our kids really getting helped out the way they need to help out? And right. my my whole thought process on that is, um, eventually the kids will find out what real basketball yeah. is. And my biggest advice is for kids to just just go out there and learn and be with mm. somebody that truly wants to be with them and right. um and ask questions. You know, yeah. for example, there may be stuff that I teach that another trainer may teach, but they may explain it a lot better. Right. You know, so I try to tell kids, just take what you can and just learn as much as possible. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's a ton of trainers out there. Uh, there's some that do amazing work. And, yeah. you know, there's stuff that I learn from every day. So, For sure. Uh, yeah, there's, there, it's very accessible now to kids, which is yeah. amazing. I think kids just have to figure out what works for them and what doesn't work for them, you know. Mm. And mm. once they figure out, on what trainer could kind of benefit them the most, just right. figure out what, you know, what they can do or what offers they need to give towards their game. You know, mm -hmm. this game is very, very simple, honestly. For sure. And yeah. If you could figure out how to become very effective and efficient with certain trainers, then I say just stick it out with them. Mm. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's many trainers that do things way better than I do or right. that can explain something way better than I can, you know? Mm. So, it's a never-ending uh, learning process. For, for sure. sure. Mm. Have you been able yourself been able to collaborate with some trainers out there in the Bay and, and do work together? Um, You know what? There are some trainers that we, we all kind of network. We just, right. you know, as far as, like, throwing anything together, not many. Not many. Right, I, right. And um, it's also because I don't do too many clinics or camps. I kind of just – do small group sessions mm. and stuff like that. Mm. But right. the only clinics that I've probably done or camps right. have been like my own, probably my toy drive. That's probably the only thing so, that I've done. Yeah, we'll time. touch on that a little later too. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Have you ever considered doing team coaching or have you done any team coaching? Yeah, so I've done I've, – I've, I've been a varsity assistant for um oh, my, old, my old high school. I did like two years as an assistant. Mm. Um, I've helped out with AAU and stuff like that. But for me, right. it's just like, it, it's coaching just ain't for me. You know right. what I mean? Right. It's not nothing yeah. wrong with coaches. I think I give so much respect to coaches. Right. Just because, like, you're dealing with, for example, if you have 15 kids, 
Yeah. You're dealing with 15 different personalities, yeah. you know, and you're dealing with parents that come with that, mm. you know, so now you're trying to not only you, there's just a bigger respect for me for coaches. Like I, I commend coaches so much. So, it's a super tough job, man. And it's, <laughs> you know, to, to what they do as far as a team aspect is amazing to me. You know, mm. it, it, it goes beyond the individual everything revolves around the team aspect and I, and that part I just love and adore the most. For sure. Um, now that we're on the topic, what's, what's in store for, for came up from the roots training and, and this is like a question. One of my cousins wanted to know, would you ever come overseas? I would love to come overseas. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to that. Honestly, that's always been a dream of mine. Right. To uh, travel and do something that I love to do, man. Right. And that was something as far as the goal that I was actually looking into doing next year. So, um, yeah, other than that, what's next? Hopefully, um, trying to get me a gig with either in the NBA or the G League. Other than that, just focusing on on myself right now and everyone that I'm able to come across and just just be the best version of myself to everyone. For sure. You know, Mm. so that's pretty much what's in stores. And there's some other stuff that I'm working on right now as far as the the Christmas stuff, the toy drive. But I have a lot of ideas for sure in mind. So, um, you finished some workouts just recently. Can you can you go into that a little bit, Fale, about how you structure there, what age groups you get? Do you mix them up and whatnot? Um, yeah, so I basically work with – I think the youngest I work with is like six years old all the mm. way to overseas pros and a um, couple NBA guys. So, right. with structure-wise, it's more so – if it's an individual, it's more so – focusing on their weaknesses, um, mm. sharpening up their strengths, stuff like mm. that, watching yep. film um, and little things like that. When it comes to group sessions, majority of them just kind of kind of based off a of skill level, right. um, you know, building kids around that age. And just honestly, just working on the basics. That, right. That's the biggest thing for me, just working on the basics and the foundation. Mm. Everything else you could kind of touch up here and there, mm. but – just building a found, a solid foundation. That's that's kind of so, like my goal. Yeah. Um, for anyone I come across is is just working on the fundamentals, super basic, yeah. um, the most simplistic moves. I, right. I try to, I try to keep the game as simple as possible, and just honestly, it's just reps at the end. Yes, it's just yes. constant reps. Um, obviously, the great reps you want quality. Mm. But yeah, that's that's you know that's my biggest thing is working on the fundamentals, the basics. And just repping them out, repping mm. them all out. Mm. I, I love that, man. Because regardless of what level you're at, your your fundamentals will, is what you always go back to, right? Like jump stops yeah. and pump fakes and and whatnot. Yeah, so it, it's it. funny though because it's all the boring stuff. Yes, right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's all the boring stuff. But they, I mean, there's there's a reason why there's so many or not so many great players, you know what I mean? They're, they're mm. Great players all focus on the fundamentals. So For sure. Yeah, man. Mm. Just to add on to that a little bit, I've seen on your social media, you've worked with, with many college players and pros. Uh, one that stands out to me is, is Juan Toscana Anderson. Um, talk about him a little and your journey with him and, and also what separates him. Man, you know what? It, it's crazy how that came about. Um mm. To me, it was just kind of it was it was meant to be. It was meant to happen. Uh, Juan was coming out from Mexico, um, or actually, we'll kind of retrace everything. Juan was coming out of college, and he didn't have nothing. 
Um, so he was looking into just working, you know, right. and he didn't have no overseas offers, nothing. Um, in came the FIBA team of Mexico, had a great, great summer that summer. Yeah. And um, then it was just time where he got invited to the G League. Um, mm. We had a mutual friend. And that guy, he was the, our mutual friend, his name is Mike. So Mike was like, hey, can I come work out? I was just training Mike for fun. Like, right. I, that was just, you know, my thing. Um, so Mike was like, hey, I got a guy. Can he come work out with you? And I'm like, yeah, it's all good. Like I, for me at that time, this was, this was probably right when I first started. Right. So everything kind of took off on its own, but it was just mm. all meant to be. Um, right. Yeah. So he brought Juan and, you know, Juan had already had a real big name within the Bay area mm. just due to um, what he was doing in high school. He was doing some very impressive stuff and right. in the Bay area, not too many people go to a high level D one like that. So his, his name was already known. Mm. Um, so when I saw him, like, it was great. We had a great workout. Um, and then he just reached out and he was like, Hey, like, I'm looking to get some work in. I'm trying to get ready for the G league. Right. Can, is it possible for, to make something happen? And at that time for me, I just started. So I was just praying to find more and more clientele. I'm just trying to build something. Mm. Um, at the time, I was probably training like five to six kids, but still, same thing, not making no money. This is literally early stages of right, right when I quit my job. Mm. Um, so after that, it just took off. Um, mm. We would literally like it, it's crazy to say because we have it's, we have film of you know how <laughs> Instagram sends you reminders or Snapchat sends right. you reminders of stuff from three, four years ago. It's funny because right. I was just sharing a video with him and it was a video of him. We were in 24-hour fitness. Right. <laughs> you know, this is how crazy we were. Right. Um, you've been to the Bay Area. So San Francisco is mm. far from Oakland. San Francisco is yes. not really far, but it's like 25, 30 minutes. If there's yeah. traffic, you're looking at 40 to 45. Um, and then San Francisco to San Jose and Santa right. Cruz is roughly around an hour to an hour and a half. Mm. And I kid you not, we would train four days a week, sometimes twice a day. Wow. And it was always, hey, what city are you going to be in today? Okay, let's find a gym. <laughs> so we would right. literally go from San Francisco to Oakland to Hayward to <laughs> Santa Cruz. Wow. And we were traveling back and forth to all these places. Um at all random times of the day. It could be right. 12 at night. It could be one in the morning. It will be eight in the afternoon. It was just right. random stuff. But, right. um, man, he stayed faithful to the work. And mm. we caught each other at the right time. Right. He was looking for someone to kind of get something consistent with. I was mm. looking for more consistency and growing my game and trying to learn more and more. And mm. it just took off after his first year in Santa Cruz. Did really, really well. Second year, he did great. Then it turned into him getting an Exhibit 10 contract. Mm. And, um, man, and I salute him for all his hard work because he put in so many hours, and I've witnessed a lot of those hours. So it was crazy. You know, we go from 24-hour fitness to a Jewish community center. Right. We go to a a college in Hayward, and we're going to (laughs) a wreck in San Francisco. Like it was literally crazy stuff. Now that we look back at it, but we were both just so hungry, so hungry Mm. for the grind, and 
and to make the dream possible. So everything that he's going through right now is just a blessing to see. Right. Um, just because I've been fortunate enough to kind of witness the work the past four years. So it, it, it's been a blessing, man. And I, and I can't thank him enough That's for awesome. allowing me to be a part of that. And, right. You know, man, that, that's such a dope story, man. And, and like you said, just two guys who are grinding and, and this is now right. Like you two with how successful you become just a byproduct of the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, name some, name some other NBA guys you've worked with uh, that people may not know. Um, I worked with Jordan, Jordan Poole mm. uh, over with the Warriors. Um, I worked with Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he was just with recently with, with Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, I actually worked with Sadiq Bay before draft. Oh, dope. But before he got drafted, I worked with yeah. uh, Sadiq Bay. He's the Villanova with... kid, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Man, that yeah. guy is right. really good. I think mm. he just got first team all rookie team or something like that. Yes, yes. Um, I've been able to work with um, Zaire Williams, who went to Stanford. Now he got he got drafted by Memphis. Mm. Um, so I worked with Zaire, uh, yeah. Jacob Evans. Um, Jacob Evans, yeah. I actually worked out with uh, NBA champion Axel Tupain Dope. while he was here in the Bay. Um, right. But, yeah, those are a couple of the guys for sure. Ivan yeah. Rab. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, man, it's just been it's just been a blessing, man, and mm. to even be in the room with those guys and learn from those guys. And, right. You know, I, I yeah. enjoy it. I, I try yeah. to be a sponge as much as I can. Mm. Is, that, is that a, a Bay Area kid? Uh, Zaire, no, he's from he's from LA. So how I oh, met I him see. was through the Oakland Soldiers. I was helping out with oh, the Soldiers, right? And um, yeah, I met him, met his parents, went down to LA, put him through a workout out there. Great kid. Um, yeah. Then he went to Stanford, and from there it was just a blessing to kind of see what he's done and right. you know to be a lottery pick and stuff like that. Super yeah, humble dope. kid, man. Super mm. humble kid. Yeah, that's dope. Um, this is a bit of a, a random question. I'm just going to reel out to you. Who are your top five uh, players from the Bay? Man, that's All tough. Time. <laughs> that's tough. Uh, I know some dogs. I'm put. Uh, obviously, I'm putting. I'm putting Juan in there. Right. That's yep. a no-brainer. <laughs> um, I'm. Damn. See, the problem is, I feel like I'm gonna let somebody leave somebody out. <laughs> I'll put Jason Kidd in there. Yeah. Gary Payton for sure. Yes, sir. Man, the last two, I'm not too sure. Bill Russell. Woo. Um, number five could be a coin flip. There's honestly so many. Right. So many that so many great ones. To me, <laughs> there's like there's even this guy named Hook Mitchell who's just a legend in out right. here. Right. Um, yeah. But there, you know, there's there's so many. So man. many there's so yeah. many. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I'll say those four, and then the last five. The could last be one could be so many people, man. right? And I, I mean, know it's I'm crazy. It's out on a couple, like Brian Shaw. That's another right. Great, you know, so even even Dame time. Oh, oh yeah. We well, you know what we put in Dame. Dame's number five. That's I was gonna say. Yeah, how do I forget about Dame? Yeah, Dame's number five. Dame's yeah. number five. Uh, man, I love how he rips that that whole area. Oh, dude, man! <laughs> anywhere, anywhere in the Bay Area, he got so much love out in the Bay Area. Right, so much yeah. love, man. And, <laughs> and what he's doing for not only like the culture of basketball, but the community. 
it oh, is man. a blessing, man. To, you know, to even say that you're from the Bay Area and knowing that someone like of, of his caliber does that. Right, it, right. It, it's so, man, so refreshing, man. I, what he's doing for for especially the city of Oakland is amazing. Mm, mm, it's for amazing, sure. man. Do you rate him as a rapper? Do I? What was that? Do you rate him as a, as a rapper? Oh, yeah. He yeah. definitely, he definitely up there for sure. For sure, for sure. And I, I love that. how he's able to kind of showcase that, like, hey, basketball is what we do, but I also do more things. Yes, I mean? so yes. I love right. that part about him for sure. For sure. Um, this is a bit random, but is, is Aaron Gordon from the Bay Area too, right? Yes, Aaron Gordon's from uh, San Jose. Right. Yeah, he's yeah, from San Jose. So. That's yeah. That's a man. His, his him in high school is insane. He oh, was insane, oh man. man, he was insane. Yeah. Would you would you like to? I mean, in New Zealand, it's similar to to America, where a lot of the poly poly players, uh, athletes, I should say, play play rugby here. Yeah, and and I know a lot of them play American football over there. So, would you like a more polys to play basketball? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that's that's would be. You know what the. Actually, basketball is starting to become pretty big in the Polynesian community on the yes. girls' end. On the girls' yeah. end, it's like pretty dope to see that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I I would absolutely. I think that Polynesians were so diverse in what we do. I think we That's... have more to offer than just being told that like, hey, we're gonna play football or stuff mm. like that. You know, not not saying that there's anything wrong with it. No. You know, but I think we also could play other sports as well, man. So mm. I, I would definitely love to see it. I would right. definitely love to see it more, and I That's think dope. we are. Um, yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, one of the – who played G League last – Deshaun Nix. Deshaun Nix, yep, yep. I've seen he, that. He was a super dope guy. Oh, like, yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. He's a monster. I think he's with Houston. Yeah, yeah. He signed a, a contract with him too. And he talk about uh, Peyton Siva and what he's, he's been able to do. He's right here right now, now, actually. Yeah, that was like yeah. our idol, man. That Bro, was that's, like our, that's, yeah, legend. A legend, man. So yeah, him, man. uh and if I'm right, I heard James Johnson is is half yeah, as well. Half small. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we got people yeah. out there. I think it's, it's true. Just that we just gotta um, you know, yeah. network a little bit more. Yeah. Actually, we definitely get people. The Kings GM uh for Stockton, their G League team, well a couple of years back, he was actually someone. Oh dope. Yeah, so I got That's to dope. connect with him. Super great guy, man. Mm. Super That's great. That's a high guy. position too. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And that and yeah. again, that's the Polynesian community. We don't have that's too right. many of those, man. Yeah. So that was pretty dope to see. Right. Like I'm talking a lot of people don't know Steven Adams is half dog. Like in the, Yeah. In the NBA, yeah. That's, and I J- forgot about Jabari Parker too. Jabari, uh, yeah, he yeah, was great. Yeah. Dude, I he didn't get injured. Jabari in high school. I thought oh, I, I bro. seriously thought that was the next Carmelo Anthony. Facts, yeah. Yeah. I, was, I mean, not saying that he can't be, it just sucks that all the injuries kind of happen. Yes, of course. Well, yeah. man, his game is so nice, so mm. smooth, so simple. There's a there's a few other kids um probably that come to mind too. Like I think Tolu Smith, he's at Mississippi State. He's Samuda. Yeah, right? yeah, I see. And Samuda, Samuda Avia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I seen him through um Clint. Clint, Clint hey, yes, Clint knows yeah. everybody. <laughs> Clint knows does, everybody. Yeah. I actually got a girl out here. Um, her name her name is Talana, and she's gonna be a monster. I think she got uh, her first offer was to uh, Kentucky. Oh wow! As a, as a sophomore. 
Wow. So she's gonna be she's gonna be in great hands. I Dude. know she got um a couple Pac twelve schools. She just won uh EYBL uh EYBL. She just won Peace Jam out here. Wow for the right. girls. Yeah. Right. So um yeah, she was awesome, man. Uh yeah. but yeah, they're coming up for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. See. It's growing. Um there's yeah, one other kid that I wanna mention for like, I don't know, um he plays for Why Not, but they won Peach Jam. Boswell. Oh yeah, he's he nice. Is nice. Yeah, he is nice. He I think his name is tough. Kai or Kyron or. Right. I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about though. He's, he's from LA. Tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's nice. I think yeah. he's gonna be. He could be something very, very special. He got an inside outside game. Man, real smooth. Got the great a great size to him. Yeah, yep, yep. And I think he was just part of the USA team that won gold recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy because like feelings like like stuff like that are are so rewarding. Like when we talk Facts. about Polynesian community, we don't have too many of those. So no. to see it and hear about it is a blessing, man. I, mm. I'm I'm like it makes me happy yeah. knowing that there's more more coming out. You know, right, right, for sure. Um, talk about Tahina a little bit. Well, your workout with her and, and when you see your future, I I know she's tough as hell. Oh man. She's like insane, and mm. and I'm not even just talking about the workout. You know, like, I'm talking about her work ethic is mm, insane. Um, mm. her she comes from a humble beginnings, man. Her yeah. father is amazing, and the foundation. Mm. You know, I, I was I just talked to him last week about his foundation that he built. You know, not right. only for for her, but his community, and mm. um, you know, I I let him kind of talk about what he does but man what he's done for the community down there in oceanside is unreal it, it's right. unreal man and it goes back to being who we are as polynesians man so i salute him so much for what he's done Dope. um for the community and, and his foundation but overall she's gonna be amazing i think yep. easily she's gonna be in the wmba um yep. but just her work ethic like i in the workout alone that we went through, it was a pretty, pretty hard workout. Right. Um, and we, we took roughly around five to 700 shots, quality wow. shots, game-like right. shots. And this is all stuff within an hour, you know, mm. hour to hour, 15. And um, I don't recall her missing three in a row. I'll say <laughs> that much. I, I just don't recall her missing three in a row. I was fortunate enough to – work with her twice uh, down in L.A. if I'm right. I think we went back to back, but her her work ethic was crazy. It was funny because I pull up to the gym thinking that I'm early. <laughs> and she's, she's already stretched <laughs> out. She's she's already finished with the run that she had. And right. I'm like, damn, you making me feel like I need to step my game up. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, man, she's super dope, super humble, super respectful. And, obviously, that goes back to her foundation with her uh, with her family, man, and I was just thankful enough to be a part of that little, you know, um, circle that they've been fortunate enough to build for her. Mm, yeah. um, so, I mean, I'm truly excited for her. I think she has a bright, bright ceiling. Um, wow. And her work ethic is just insane, man. Her mm. work ethic is insane. And she just wants to, like I asked her in a drill. And right. um, I don't let you get out the drill unless you get eight for 12. Right. So I just asked her, I was like, hey, do you want to just do makes? You know what I mean? Because the workout alone was already getting, like, really, really tiring. So I was like, hey, you want to just focus on makes? Right. And her competitive spirit was like, nah, we're getting that 8 for 12. We're wow. getting 8 for 12. Right. I'm like, okay. 
Like, hey, <laughs> say hi, say right. less. We'll so, do you're that. right, right. <laughs> so, um, and her, how locked in she could be was, mm. was great because you don't see that too often with kids or not kids, but she's in college, but you, yeah. you just don't see that. It's very rare to have mm. someone so locked in like that. And right. she was focused on every rep. She asked questions. She was mm. like, hey, what am I looking for? What do I look at? Um, you know, or well, how are we reading the defense? How's my mm. footwork supposed to be on this? Right. So the, how detailed she was mm. was just pretty dope, man. And That's me awesome. personally, as a trainer or coach, I love when I get questions like that. Right, right. You know, I love yeah. that. Makes um, you better makes, too. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And I tell mm. kids that all the time, ask questions. Yeah. You know, right. ask ask a million questions. Um, For me, I – whether it's a 10-year-old in front of me or an NBA player, at the end of the day, I'm still going to learn from that session, you know. And It was dope to be with her and spend some time with her family. They are super, like, you know, super Polynesian, man, super loving, super caring. Um, And they just show so much love, man. And I can't be any more thankful for them to allow me to work with somebody like that, you know what I mean? Because then you get get someone at that level, it's kind of like you want to be very, very particular. Right, right. You know, you want to be very right. smart and move the right way and make sure right. she's around good-hearted people. And, for sure. You know, for them to kind of trust me in that kind of, you know, it just made me feel good mm. that I was doing something right. That's dope. Um, that's awesome, man. That she's awesome, too. Fala, uh, talk a little bit about your, your toy drive. Like, when I tell people you live more than, more than basketball as a game, like, you truly live it, you know what I mean? So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So my toy drive was just, you know, it was crazy. My first year doing it, it was it was actually kind of funny. And um, I just had something in my heart. And I was like, something in my heart just, just told me, like, hey, like, I, I can do more. Mm. You know, I could do more. So for me, I was like, how can I make this happen? And right. this was probably, man, my first year, this was probably like, two to three weeks before Christmas. Right. So I'm like, man, I, I, I'm working with an AAU program right now that has gym access. So I was like, how can I use that? So I reached out to the the director. I'm like, hey, I got something in my heart that I want to do. Mm. And what I basically want to do is a absolutely free basketball clinic. And he's like, okay, oh, yeah. how can we make that happen? Mm. I said, but there's a catch to it. The only way your form of payment has to be through an unopened brand new toy. Mm. So I was like, man, I don't know if we can make it work, but right. if this is possible, I want to make this happen. Mm. So um, this is all literally within two weeks. I think we came out with a, we came out with like a little program or, you know, a flyer. We came out with a flyer right. within like three days. I'm like, hey, this is the flyer. And I'm already, he's like, hey, so how are you going to do it? I'm right. like, man, I just saw, so I drew up the stations and all that stuff. And at that time I'm training Juan still. So now I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm tr- I'm telling Juan, like, hey, if you're free, can you just come talk to the kids? Right. You know? It doesn't have to be none crazy. It could be five to 10 minutes. Unfortunately, they had a game that day. Mm. So I have a friend that I work with um, and they're connected with somebody within, um, the 49ers. So I'm like, man, I'm calling them. I'm like, Hey, can we get one of your guys players to come down? And unfortunately just how timing was, it just didn't work. 
Right. And, you know, we're talking about a small time frame within two weeks. Um, so my sister, I'm like, hey, you're in, you're a politician. Now, is there any way you could get someone to come down? Mm. The crazy thing about San Francisco is there's two things. The person that's in charge of um, San Francisco Unified School District, the right. school board, is someone. Wow. So it was already a no-brainer that he was mm. going to come, from my understanding, just because the culture. And this is something right. new. We don't, have, we don't have Polynesians doing events like this. No, you know, right. so... He was all in. My next thing was like, hey, is there a way we could get Mayor London Breed? You know, uh, that's the first woman uh, mayor, you know, so, and of color. So I was like, man, if we could make this happen, this would be insane. Now, I already knew it wasn't going to happen. Like, I just mm. I just went into it with that mindset, but I also right. had faith at the same time. So my whole mm. concern was like, how can I get as many kids as I can to give back to a cause that's so beautiful? For me, mm-hmm. I think we've we've had experiences as kids. Now I haven't had too many experiences of this, but I've known a lot of people who didn't have the funds or needs to provide for their kids. Right. You know, so my whole thing was like, how can I give back to those people? Um, and again, it goes back to our humble beginnings of being Polynesian. We're just for sure. Us. So I was just like, man, let's try to figure this out. So the toy drive was just always in my heart to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so crazy story i was like man i want to make t-shirts so i made little camp t-shirts um just to give and and it was funny because i was like man we probably only gonna have like 10 kids Hmm. you know Um, right and the turnout was unbelievable (laughs) it literally brought me to tears as i was like doing my like just i I was just like so speechless (laughs) i was so speechless i was in tears i and it was just such a rewarding and fulfilling moment. Um, mm. And at that time, I, I was, like I said, I was accept, expecting 10 kids, maybe 20, right. possibly 30. And I was like, I'd be good with that. Even if it was one kid, I was still going to be okay. Right. Because if it was one kid, that was one less family or kid that was going to mm. be able to open up a gift on Christmas. Mm. So I was okay with whatever came. Um, and the turnout was a hundred plus kids. I think wow, hundred, a hundred ten, a hundred fifteen, uh, roughly mm. around there, and that just brought tears to my eyes, man. And mm. and, and the one thing that people kind of didn't know that was going on during that time was I lost my dad uh, mm. three months before that. Yeah, sorry to hear, man. So, oh, it's all good, man. Mm. It's it's life in general. Yeah. So it was tough, man, mm. and. I felt my dad's spirit with me that day, and it was such a rewarding feeling um, to not only have my – I had my whole family there, literally, you know, and and parents that I've trained their kids, like, they're over there helping out bag, Mm. bag these things up, these gifts, packaging. They're also out there helping the kids get T-shirts, and my heart just never felt so warm in my life, you know. And um, crazy thing was – London Breeze shows up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, man, it was super dope. She came. She said a speech. Um, and it was just so refreshing, man. Uh, I was. I just remember sitting back and just watching everything. And I'm like, man, and this is this all happened within two weeks. You Crazy. Know? Mm. Um, but I knew that was just something that, that, that God wanted for mm. not only myself, but for the community. 
You know what I mean? And it's something I prayed about. And for it to kind of pan out the way it did, right. it was just an absolute blessing, man. It was yeah. an absolute blessing. And which leads me to my next thing. So I haven't told too many people this. I've mm. talked to a couple of people. So I kind of want to take this on the road. I mean, not kind of, I will be taking this on the road. So um, not only will I be doing the Bay Area, but I'm going to be hitting L.A. So you're the first person that knows this, man, other than (laughs) outside, like, my circle. But, yeah, so I'm going to be hitting L.A. um, And we'll just go from there. I might be doing Utah. I definitely want to try to hit Utah. Um. But yeah, man, there's no telling what God has in stores. That for those sure. are the things that I have coming up as far as the Christmas stuff. So right. that's kind of like what I've been planning on lately. Right. And man, I'm I'm just excited, man. I'm excited dope, for what God bro. has in stores, man. And sure. I would love to come out that way. That oh, would be man. a dream, man. I'm telling that you, would be yeah. a dream. Yeah, God is good, man. That that's a crazy, crazy story that you just told. Oh man, that that's. Yeah. that's Literally all God, man. I'm just staying mm. faithful to his word. That's all it is. That's awesome. Um, let's bring it back around to the start of this of this story, fella. When you you haven't touched on this too much, but when you first decided to do this whole basketball thing, there must have been a, a struggle, right? Even with family members and, and people close to you, like, damn, what is he doing type vibe? You're not gonna make any money, like Oh man. So how how did you stay mentally tough through it, fella? That's what I'm trying to ask. Man, you know what's crazy was um it wasn't that they didn't believe in me. They were just worried about me. Mm. Like, hey, we just don't want you to fail. You know, mm. um, it was, and, and anyone knows it. If you think about it, you think about a dream and you're chasing this dream and you're not making no income, mm. you know, how do you get by? And I remember I I saved up my last two paychecks mm. for my last job. I was like, all right, I'm going to save these last two paychecks. I'm going to pay for all my bills in advance. So I give myself two months to make this possible, mm. this dream happen. So I gave myself two months. Three months pass, and now I'm negative in my account. Right. My bills are starting to pile up. And I was just like, you know what? I gave it a try. Right. Um, and I was ready to just give up. I'm like, man, I tried. <laughs> I did all I can. And, um, yeah, then I got approached by an AAU program and stuff like that. Mm. But that during that time, the biggest thing that I would say that really kept me going mm. was just having faith. Yeah. I just truly believed in it. Um, and I knew when you do things pure heartedly, money yeah. will find its way. Money mm. always finds its way. And God mm. blesses people with that. Um, so for me, my whole thing was just like, just stay faithful to it. Mm. God put it in my heart for a reason. Right. And I try not to question anything that God does. You know what I mean? I, mm. I'm a firm believer that God makes no mistakes. That's awesome. So I, it may sound crazy, but I literally just had faith in it and I believed in it. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was I didn't look at it in a money perspective. Right. Right. I, I just truly looked at it as like a way to to help people. You know, again, mm. Polynesians were just taught to help and love and care. Yeah, so yeah. for me, that was like the biggest thing. It was like, man, I'm, I'm, I may not be making money right now, but I love it. Like right. I love the feeling of helping others. I love the feeling of being able to be like, 
to put a smile on someone's face off of learning a move or even right. making a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that was the thing, or those were the things that helped me out the most that kept me going. Um, and, yeah, I just had faith in it. I, I believed in it so much. And um, I just knew that if I do these things pure-heartedly, God was going to find his way to bless me. And, and thankfully, I got blessed with an AAU program to help out with. Right. Um, from there, I got picked up from another AAU program, and then I just built built this foundation. You know, I built it on rock. I made sure I didn't build it on sand, and right. and I just kept it going, and I had faith in everything that I was doing. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There was days where I'd, I'd wake up, and I'd be like, man, this ain't for me. Yeah, right. Like, this ain't for me, and I still have moments like that till now. You know, yeah. there's days where I'm just like, it feels like repetitive. You know, it right. feels repetitive. It feels like there's no growth. But I know that over time, all these days are going to eventually add up. Yeah. It's going to add up. And then, you know, the blessing will be right around the corner, man. And, I mean, I'm I'm talking to someone like yourself, and I would have never imagined this. <laughs> these are things that I dream of. Man. And I'm able to do that and share a story, you know. So that, yeah. that alone means everything. And right. to even have, have – been a guest on your podcast this means a lot oh, to man. me so again man. man i feel like i'm living in a dream and I, <laughs> I can't thank you enough for allowing me to kind of share that man, oh, man. Yeah, it, it was tough man it was tough there was again there was times where i was just like maybe this ain't for me right or i at least tried let me figure something else out but mm. it it's it's like god instilled this for me for a reason so I'm just thankful, you know, I'm, I'm able to do something that I love to do. I'm able to still help people and in, in a way that I could be of any assistance. And For sure. Every day feels like a dream, man. It, and it may not seem like that sometimes, right. but when I sit back and kind of reflect on things, it, it's a blessing to see how far it's come. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, the pleasure has been mine, but to end, to end on that, fella, you true underdog story you know coming from from your upbringing of growing up with 30 40 plus people in your house um you know having to not be able to pursue higher levels of basketball because you needed to work uh for any kid out there or anyone in general who aren't quite sure what they want to do in life do you have any advice for them man my my advice would be find something that you love Mm. and go for it pure-heartedly and just understand that. that the money's not gonna come it may it may come quicker than expected. It may not come, mm. but always have faith. Right. You know, always have faith. Never let up. Um, each day is a new opportunity to grow, a new opportunity mm. to flourish, mm. and most of all, a new opportunity to learn. And I think the one thing that um, we kind of get caught up in is, say, if something's not going our way, mm. it just means that there's a different plan. You know, right. not not all knows mean a no some no's just mean not now mm. you know and that's something that i've kind of started to learn for and right your blessings have your name on it Facts. you know god god has god makes no mistakes everybody mm. has their own blessings with their names on it so if you could stay focused on that and, and just tunnel vision on what you're doing i think you're going to be fine just have faith never give up never let up and learn continue that's to learn awesome. be a sponge mm. That, that man, that's awesome. What a, what a note to end on. And, um, fella, I just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for your time. I know you're halfway across the world and you're a busy guy. So I just appreciate your time. And it's been an honor to, to be able to chop it up with you. 
Oh man, the the pleasure is mine, man. Again, mm. I I'm truly thankful and honored mm. to even be mentioned in something like this. So <laughs> so thank you, man, and and it means a lot to me. Um, and I'm hoping I could come out there, man. I definitely want to come sure, out there man. and make For something sure. happen. Mm. Um, whether it's one kid or whether it's just lunch with you, man. I'm I'm just truly 100%. grateful, yeah. grateful and honored to even be mentioned in mm. this, man. And yeah. I'm wishing you nothing but the best and. Man, I, I'm excited, man. Especially with what you got cooking up, man. I'm excited. Likewise, brother. And I'm definitely gonna hit you up when I get to Kelly. Yeah, please, man. Please for do. Sure. For sure, we need a link. All, All right, right, brother. Bro. Enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate it. Man. You as Appreciate well. It. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, like I, I think it's just for like the like being honest, like being like playing basketball and stuff like that. Because I, like all my mates, my best two mates are these like. Um, Two like pesto movies, uh, short airs, but like they, uh, we also like grew up and they all just like obviously like little man syndrome. They had to talk, <laughs> shitload of shit trash, and so that's where I kind of started. Like, I guess for me it was like um, sometimes I'm a bit lethargic, but like I had to talk to myself to get myself up for games or like if we're playing like an LOT or something, just trash ass team. Like, I have to say something like, or pretend that you know they said something, and then I just start that up. <laughs> Like, um, so you do that, like in games, you like if there's no motivation in the game, you'll say to yourself, yeah, like, this yeah. Get yourself or right. sometimes Duffel will say like, "Fuck, you're playing ass, like do something," <laughs> yeah. and that's just like sort of get me up. And I think Tony Early could be the same as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, uh, sometimes he uh, at training he gives me have better attitude. Like, that, that's you've always been like that, right? Like I I've, I remember you, we grew up together. Like you've always been a guy to tell people straight. Why have you never been scared to do that? Like. To be honest, I reckon it's because um, because Junior backs you up. Because like part. when I grew up, it was like it was always me going against my brother. Yeah, yeah. And like to be honest, when I was little, I was a bit of a fussy, you know, so I had to talk shit. <laughs> and then when I went into my own age, I was like, these guys are weird dogs. These guys can't talk shit. <laughs> yeah. And even like to this day, even when I'm in the gym, like I'll be benching obsessed. <laughs> and I'll be like. The week, <laughs> and then I just yeah. It's just I think it's a mindset that I was I grew up with, just con constantly competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just growing into um, into like how I act like daily. Because even off the field, we'll we'll all talk shit to each other, yeah. and like we'll just say stuff. And to be honest. If anything, that's the sort of environment you want. Yeah, to be. I'll, yeah. I'll give it to him. He's tougher than most usual small guys. Like yeah. most are like, <laughs> you know, they're quite yeah. They they shy away from the contact, yeah. but he's like yeah. in the stuck in the middle. Yeah. And me and Nello sort of look at each other and laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what I like about it is he talks to shit. But if it came down to a fight, like he'd actually fight. Like he's not yeah. a halfback. That nah, would nah. Hide behind yeah. the props and stuff. Nah. He'll be yeah. He's normally in the middle of it. Yeah, because yeah, I reckon we all kind of have that sort of same approach to things, but we all just approach it in different ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like, like, you know, that's a corny word, but I think the word is like, you guys all have like a, a swagger to you. Like, you know, it's cool. Like, you can kind of see these Auckland kids and it's like, this kind of goes off context with rugby and sport. But you see some of these young guys, similar age, you guys playing for Waikato and Taranaki and, and just like some of their haircuts and the shit they do is cringe as like, but for you guys, you kind of know what it's like to be from the hood, from Auckland, from Wellington, from these major cities. So you guys kind of have more context on what like is cool and trendy and stuff. But at the same time, you guys back it up. Like you guys aren't those guys that look mean and then play like shit. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you guys actually back it up. I think it was probably more Tony Olu in fact, because he was from St. Kent's. Right? Yeah, true. So like shit talking 
spoken to him and he's been telling me stories of like when he was playing like you know it almost like amped him up to play even better and then he would like talk shit trash after you know sort of thing so like I I wasn't really big on like trash talk until I came up here and sort of like noticed that like you got to carry yourself yeah. a bit swagger yeah. and you know yeah, like, and people come for you like because I didn't realize how much like people hate Auckland. Like, oh, yeah. bro, you know, I mean, like, call it just another people don't understand that. And then, yeah. like, obviously, if you're brown and stuff like that, like, you know, like, there's a bit of like, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of thing like that. So I, I was just didn't really like notice it because I was just eager. But then like come up here and like these guys talk all about it. Teams from like what wops and stuff like yeah, that. Like, they come and look at like friendly. Like, you guys gifted everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you. You got all the talent. No work ethic. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. like people work hard. It's yeah. just like. And it's hard because, like, obviously coming outside of Auckland, coming in here and seeing these guys, like, it's like, fuck, these guys work hard. It's just like, it's just that they think that because of the swagger, the talent, it comes natural. So right, it's just right. like, that's, that's something that, that's the stereotype. Sort of, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a stereotype that got me kind of like, you know, gets me riled up when I'm. It's interesting you say that because we work with athletes pretty much all over the country. Yeah. And they always, like, even when um, the NBL draft came around, some of them were like, oh, I don't want to play for Auckland, I don't want to play for Auckland. Like, People just hate Auckland just because it's the big city, you know, yeah, like, same, yeah. that tall poppy stuff. So that's why it's mean to watch you guys. Like, Terry you could be an Auckland team that just wins every game and try to be like, and no offense, be like the Sam Canes and be politically correct and yeah. yes, madam. So, but it is mean seeing you guys like look at the camera, like see the, this guy yapping at the other forwards, see this guy like shouting at people when he scores. Like, don't don't change who you are on that because. Like that's actually what Auckland is. It's a chain. It's a mix of everything. You know what I mean. Yeah. And even though you're from Wellington, like it, it's part it's of from GIA. And even talking to Tafa, like during lockdown, I remember we were talking about it. Yeah. Whenever there was lockdown, we we're saying like, bro, like we grew up in GIA, like we've seen so many bad things that like playing a rugby game is like nothing compared to. Yeah. You know. What I mean? yeah. So I think that's also why you guys carry yourselves in this way. We 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 talked about it before, like. Um, we talked. Remember we talked about rolling the dice. Yeah. We did on yourself. Yeah. We. Like I reckon that's how we carry ourselves a bit. Yeah. I think that's why I talk a lot of shit because back to what we talk about, we talk about um, betting on ourselves. And I remember uh, on the debut, I was like just telling myself. I remember we were talking about like bet on yourself, and I was like, I don't give a fuck if it's my debut. I'm gonna bet the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about anything. Bet everything. And I think that's how we all, that's how we all kind of approach things, how we carry ourselves. Because to be honest, if you can't bet on yourself, who are you gonna bet on? Uh, that's probably why you guys get involved so well. Like, you guys all have similar mindsets. Does it be honest? Does it rub somebody in the team? Yeah, yeah, true. Around <laughs> way, or? I think they understand if anything. Like, because oh, right. like obviously we're all different. Like some guys like look at it and be like, "Fuck, he's a bit thing." But then on like Saturday, like they know that we all turn up. Yeah, right. I mean, so it's just like, like okay. that's that's where the like the common ground comes in. It's yeah. part of like um, if they feel a bit awkward about it, is like as long as we back it up, then they're comfortable with it. So. Um, I feel like people at the, at the start, like if we come across as like confident, they, they'll be like, oh, this guy, yeah. this is all that. But then it's about building the trust in the team. Yeah. And then when Toffler gets his debut and does a, a run the corner off loose, <laughs> they're like, oh, yo, this yeah, guy's all good. Yeah, yeah. They still down. Yeah. Sure. So it's about just building the trust first. Mm. What's it been like for you guys? How, how are you now, Sam? So cool. 24 and you're so you guys are in like that prime age of like party life and social stuff and no doubt you guys like enjoy your time from that from every now and then but what what's it been like having to like also be weary of your like status and and not like expose yourself to like 
you, you hear the stories all the yeah. time. People caking it in their careers because they fuck it up from the beginning because they, they do stupid shit at night. And even like today, in today's age where it's like, bro, like you can literally, and I'm just being honest, but you, you can literally look at a girl the wrong way and it might be a police case. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So how do you like, do you guys do you guys look after each other? Do you look after yourselves? Like, what advice have you been given? And what's that world like? Nav like, what's it nav what's it like navigating through that world as a professional athlete in the spotlight? It's like oh, I've heard some stories. Like, it's changed over the last like six years. Like, maybe six years. Like, yes, like maybe like maybe close to six years or five years ago, it wasn't as like um, as it is now. Like, it's almost like people are trying to go out there to catch you. Yeah, so they're just like it's you know, what previously was like, Oh, you know, he was I saw them, I you know, shook his hand, stuff like that. Now it's more like, Oh, I'm waiting for him to slip up so I can catch him. Yeah. Like, even just like the general public, which kinda of does it's like weird because we sort of like we can't really go out, if that makes sense. We kinda of go out with like a eye or a shoulder. Right, of course. That's not really so we don't really enjoy ourselves and stuff like that. But um, I guess um, there's like oh there's like uh, there's implements where um, the union stuff like that, we have people come and talk to you about that kind of stuff. So you have like common awareness, and then like we obviously like try to look after each other because obviously you want to go like you know live like a rock star, but then you got to like you know pay the repercussions on a Monday right. when your body's a bit sore, yeah. your, your sleep's a bit you know, <laughs> depleted. But I mean, these guys. Are... Nah, I look after this guy. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the level headed guy. Apparently, it's often just like the Bible study and stuff. Like, <laughs> the only time I saw these two, I was in a countdown buying biscuits. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Uh, is it? Nah. I think a lot of it's just common sense, too. Yeah. When you go out, that's true. Part of it's just not being a dick. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of people who would be at our level and, like, to be honest, people that we all know, yeah. we've grown up with. I just can just be dicks when you yeah, yeah. I think it's just yeah. a matter of having common sense and just knowing like like off the field you're not shit. Yeah. Like you might be good at cleaning a rock or something, but once you're off the field you know come on punch you. For real though. So talking about how um people go out just to catch you out. Yeah. And that's like dudes as well, like some of our mates and our teams like just get hooked for no reason yeah. and then you're like what? And it's just because they have a name, so part of going out as well is like having each other's back because yeah. like people will go at you just because you got a name, yeah. or if you're the top trash guy on my team, <laughs> so you gotta watch out these okay. next couple of weeks too. Uh, sorry, but again, we'll yeah, like go with some basketball, like basketball related questions. But like, how does your, how do you guys fit into basketball? Obviously, I just talked about before, like your story, how I know, how I kind of know you from basketball. But like, you guys are a little bit involved with Sione and like you guys have given us your pl the pleasure and time of your, your own time and like it's a massive pleasure for us for you to have you guys on this. But like, how does basketball tie into your lives? Not just in terms of a sport, but culture and, and all of that stuff. Um, with basketball, oh, personally for me, um, I grew up probably watching a bit of basketball. I never played much until I actually got to like high school and just played around with friends and that. But to be honest with basketball, I just love being able to try like excel myself at a different skill set. Because to be honest, 
even if you watch this and that was game, they show a bit of um, their basketball skill set in their game too. So I think just not being one dimensional and all that, like even if you're not working on specific, say for us, not specifically working on rugby, it can still help you be better um, in some other way. Yeah. And I think it just shows that some people are kind of one dimensional and there's others who kind of can look at things a different way. Yeah, for me, uh, if I was better at basketball and rugby, bro, I would be like going hard. I love basketball more like, more that, That's what you guys, all three of you guys, that you could be an athlete and love basketball? I always ask this question to the boys, like, if you could be uh, the greatest all black of all time, or all star, NBA all star, I would pick. そう、そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そう、そう。そ
you played the TZ, and I was like, wow, like, you know, that's so cool. <laughs> he did the whole impact basketball kind of thing. True. And um, obviously, like, in Wally's, like, the Saints were hissing, but they were, like, a bunch of imports and stuff like that. Um, and it's the town of Isaiah. Yeah. He just he, signed, I think, in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, South as well. Um, yeah. He was nice. Oh, yeah. So you play against Emmanuel Moody in Cup 1? Sorry, sorry. Nah, you play against Emmanuel Moody? Let's go. Nah, He's not teams. I'll show this. Wait, wait, wait. Who is that, Sam? Take him. Emmanuel Moody. Oh, true. For real? That's what they played him at the um, oh. NZBA. Oh, oh bro. So, so you were so, playing against him? Yeah. Damn. All those guys, like uh, uh, Denny, uh, what's that? What's up? Uh, Yanni, yeah, Yanni, Yanni, Woodsell, yeah. Yanni and stuff like that. I heard like he was a tennis player, bro. Yeah. and then he and changed the baseball league. Now he's like, yeah, he he was like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I remember you were playing at you at Rangitoto and Tai Winya. Yeah, so they were swaggy as well because I remember watching them at nationals. They put their speaker out as they warmed up, and they were like, oh, see all these like teams from like Hamilton boys are like, what the hell, like you know, country years. They come in and the city guys are putting on their like freaking. That's you to a T. Yeah, 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 and they were just like. It wasn't even a layup lines, it was just for you dunking. <laughs> Everyone, all the chicks were watching as well, and I was like, oh, that's way. One of my, my favorite teams is in the uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They were at nationals there for like the mid 2010s, like 2015. They came like fifth or something and like shocked everyone. The school from like Central Auckland, but let's be honest, most of their guys are South Auckland dudes. And they would bring their speaker and play like CE Law, like yeah. all this. Bro, they were warming up doing like um, lineouts and stuff. Yeah, they were doing lineouts and The most out of the things that the traditionalists were just so mad about it. And yeah, just, like you know, you get like you said, like, you get these Hamilton boys and they're coming with their suits and yeah. like, yeah. suits for pregame. And, and these guys, boys are, and yo, they all wearing different warm up shirts. Yeah. But I think that's why people hate Auckland because they do <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if, you, if you got to pick an NBA team you could play for, you we already know you, you who you want to play for. You want to play in New York. Who are you guys want to play for? LA. 100% LA. <laughs> the Clippers or the Lakers? The Lakers. <laughs> um, when I was growing up in high school, I was like a LeBron fan, but he was at the Heat oh, at the time. At the time, like I'd rush him back. So I, I don't know, I'd probably go to the Heat just because of the whole Miami, like. Yeah. Wade County. Yeah, yeah. They got a swag to them too. Yeah, Their team's nice now. Yeah. Which is easy. Is basketball talked about in the locker room in there? Like, oh, like that's true. Yeah, true. Because it's interesting. We we know, we, obviously, we know you guys. We know some other footy players and even other players in other sports. And, like, bro, some of them know more about basketball stuff than we do. Like, they know about the news updates yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like, for you guys, it must be, or for us, it's crazy to see how much. Basketball's taken over not just as a sport but as a culture. Yeah. Like for you guys, I bet like even look at some of your, some of you guys kicked right now. Like, does it influence like seeing LeBron, seeing Melo, and stuff what they do on and off the court? Like, does that influence a little bit of how you guys interact <laughs> and engage and stuff? And, yeah. This guy likes his wine as well. 
Some of the guys would choose their um, like footwear sponsor on based on what they can get. <laughs> yeah. So then obviously like yeah. Adidas is big in like Nike and stuff like that. All the boys are huge fans of Nikes. But they'd obviously say like, oh, I'm sponsored by Nike in terms of my boots. But then they'd add another white lie like, oh, these sneakers for free. Right, right. I got a 50% off. Well, I know the guy, I know the guy. <laughs> so that's how that kind of works. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you guys get looked after pretty well? Like, just in general? For the... Oh, like sponsorships? Yeah, just like. Uh, there's like different tiers, obviously. Yeah. So it's more about like working your way up, building your name at the next level, like Super Rugby, and then hopefully they'll open the door for us. You guys played 2K? <laughs> I haven't played in a while, though, wait. I'm on PS5. I'm bored. This game, PS5. Yeah, we always play the. We always go uh, old school games, so. Yeah, Peter, Sean Kemp versus oh, true, yeah. Because yeah. uh, of the Sacramento Queen stuff. Because <laughs> we're like, like the Kobe, <laughs> And the Christmas Brewery. Yeah, you're yeah. 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 um, A little bit off topic again, like you. Obviously, it's just going all over the place. But like, I guess one thing I'd like, I'd like out of this is for people to look at a professional athlete and also see the discussions. I think it should be more open discussion too about this. And some of you guys might be on different contracts or whatever. But like money, like how do you look after yourselves? Obviously, you guys are coming into a little bit of like everyone's finance is different in this level. But you, you guys are obviously coming into endorsements and and paychecks and different different kind of level of income. Like, do you do you guys get advice from anyone financially? Do you guys do you guys care about it? Like, be honest. Like, or do you, you kind of like you know some people are just like ah, I get paid, I just use it however I want and then sort it out after. What's it like navigating that part of the professional athlete world? Oh, I guess I'm pretty like um, pretty lucky. My dad like obviously went through the whole kind of like road, you know, the obstacles and stuff like that. Like obviously because he came out of parents of immigrants. Like my dad, my grandfather stopped working on the boats, you know, in the mid six, you know, all that kind of stuff. So like he, my dad, sort of like you know helped his family out, and then he just sort of said to me like, oh, you don't have to worry about repaying me or trying to you know show that you know you're appreciative and all that kind of stuff like that. so and my mum as well like they said like you know worry about yourself and stuff like that so I, I I'm quite lucky in that um, situation obviously I hear stories about like people that you know it's kind of hard to say no and uh, they're sort of struggling on their own because you know everyone thinks that they're on this but really they're actually on this and uh, I, I don't know I kind of I find it hard to like so like, give a hand because you wanna, you know, you feel like you're, you feel bad because you're not doing the same thing for your parents. But then again, like, but um, yeah, financial advice, like, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. My mum and dad there, and she dad's been pretty awesome and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, big work on for me, like, is just asking for help. So um, there is a help out there. Like rugby have made a huge steps. I feel like in terms of financial help and what to do with it. But last year. It was my first year like in the Super Rugby team, I sort of got my money. Um, whatever mum and dad asked for, I gave them money, then the rest for some shoes. And then, bang, and then now, I still, still get mocked and I still do that a little bit. Uh, Are you the sneakerhead on the team? Nah, I'm not like, I'm not like the guy, but um, I don't care. 
not too bad. Yeah, I feel like it is like a bit of a grey area. Like people can get lost and just well because what if you're like top dog, you got a lot of money to spend, might not be uh, as willing to listen to their advice. So I feel like I'm in a good spot. I'm not like up there at the moment, so I'm doing a lot of listening and like taking on their advice. So I feel like I'm in a good space. Yeah, save, save money. Yeah. I reckon, um, I'm kind of same as Neville. Uh, I reckon the unions and like, just rugby in general do a pretty good job of educating the boys about money and stuff. Like, for me, this year's the first year in my team. Um, it was compulsory for me to do player development after on Mondays after everyone would leave. And there was like, there was a few of us in there. This year, a lot of it was about finance and stuff. And to be honest, I didn't learn shit. I just sat there. But like, part of it's because a lot of it didn't, wasn't like um, relevant to me right now. Like a lot of it was talking about budgeting for a house, like how we're gonna how you like, do all that sort of stuff. Where kind of a lot of the guys around my age and my ten right now are were kind of going from paycheck to paycheck sort of thing. Like we don't really have that sort of like. Um, just that sort of money to be able to do that, but um, even though that's not relevant to us now, I feel like it's still good that they're kind of doing that to sort of try set us up for later. But yeah, I'm kind of same as Neville. I buy, I just go buy shoes. Lately, I haven't really bought as much shoes, but I think I, I'm too much invested into motorbikes now. <laughs> I'm just trying to ride a car. Are you riding legally, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, what is it? But the reason why I bought my bike was like, I always like, I always had a few things like, you know, you have like your bucket list, yeah, and like some things are your dreams. A motorbike was always one of my dreams, and I was able to buy it at one time. And I like, this is the first time I was probably responsible for my money for ages, and I saved up for ages and bought this bike, and I was like, that I've actually got one of my dreams. So I got it, so I was like, yo. I guess that's why I asked that question. Is like, not to judge, like that, bro, you have to enjoy yourself, buy your shoes, whatever. And I can't talk about professional. Obviously, growing up, like in life, in my career, coaching careers, and coming into different financial situations and learning, like, oh crap, maybe I should have slowed down on that bit and invested here a little bit. But like, it's just, I guess, the reason why I want to talk about it is because people listening might be an up and coming rugby player or up and coming hooper. Um, um, is that like, I guess you guys are in a situation in your careers right now where it's kind of make or break for you in terms of not just playing, but like establishing the career for the rest of your life, but financially as well, you know what I mean? I think it's really cool you guys touched on like, Celestia um, was talking about how his parents were really supportive of, nah, like, look after yourself. And then you were kind of like, I, I, I get back to my family and that like we, we are, we're in a situation as well, like we, we try to help mom wherever we can, but at the same time mom's like, you want to look after yourselves. It's hard, especially when you're island day and it's, yeah. it's kind of like stuck in our traditions yeah. and stuff. But I, I think sometimes we get stuck in, we don't understand that sometimes you have to look after yourself in terms of like investing, building your own financial profile so that eventually you can actually look after people properly and not like, you know what I mean? So, like, but at the same time, listen to me trying to give you guys advice. But at the same time, bro, like you gotta enjoy your money in it. I think a perfect example is your bike. Like, that, bro, that's mean. That's mean. Like, for you to save that much money and then buy a bike, 
Like that speaks heaps to you learning by day. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I just I, like just because I'm running around GI era just feels like I'm patched. To be honest, to be honest, half the reason I ride around was honestly God. I'm like the biggest WWE fan. <laughs> I told my brother straight up. I told my brother when I bought, it, I was like, I want to look like Undertaker. Because <laughs> God and I bought it. To be honest, you just gonna wear a tank top and To be honest, I rode one night purposely in like full kit and went to their house. Yeah, well, <laughs> he came in like, just so just so you could see his kit. That was nice though. I'm saying, I'm talking about you. You look nice. But came came in looking serious. See, but that's why I think financial because I try to talk about basketball boys about financial literacy and it's it's important. You're right, the union does a lot, but I think. Where, because like in America, like at colleges now, it's compulsory to have financial literacy, which is important and it should be compulsory. But I think we need to make it more relatable. Like instead of saying this is how you save for a house, this is how you save for a bike, yeah. Duffel would have been like on those Mondays, like yeah, sweet, I'm, I'm yeah. listening now, like you know what I mean. So I think like it, it is good, but like yeah, I, I do think we should challenge unions and stuff that support us to make it a little more relatable, yeah, more more specific. He enjoys his bike, like he would just rock in. The guys will say like, oh, Arsenal doesn't ride his bike around. The other one was Shaquille O'Neal top. Like. <laughs> but bro, that's worth it, right? I'm like, and, and that's what, that, I think that's why I stress it heaps, especially for Polynesian kids and athletes. Like, bro, like you can, um, you can live the lifestyle now, but if you save a little bit and mm. like, invest in stuff that make you happy, it doesn't matter if you have the big house or whatever. Like, as long as you use money to make yourself happy and be smart, I guess, you know, right? Uh, some of the people boys wanted to know because they wanted me to ask you guys growing up who was like the because in basketball you have like someone you always remember playing like a tough matchup so like who's like that one guy you're like in high school like, he's always had that edge over you or like you're kind of even and now you guys might be the same age and going for the same goal and super or, like, is there someone you matched up with like, the jordan stuff though is, you know, is it like they kind of yeah yeah like that one like frick i gotta beat you down with the um, or oh, even coming up, like yeah. it might have been your first year, might have taken like you're welcome to the to the pros, bro. Oh yeah, um, by preseason down on the Canes, um, sort of like I realized like oh fuck, like this is for real. Sure. Um, doing a contact session and it was way like it was like a get on the mats and it was just like preseason and um, like Vince on one side and uh, I was on the other side and Nani Gamaki was in the middle and. Um, it was just like 2019, so like the 2018, he was on the Christmas break and he was coming from the All Blacks and he'd like do like maybe one or two sessions. And like we have to like hold him up, like you're gonna hold the guy in the middle up. So like it was only like maybe like within like five meters from here to here. So it's not, not much of a run up. But um, so Vince, uh, Nani finished on Vince and he turned to me and um, I thought he was gonna go low and like, like he just went like low and he just changed and he just fully <laughs> off me. And I remember like I had a scar like, on my eye for like maybe like two, three weeks. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the heck is That's, this? Like, so this he's actually as strong as he's like TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that I realized, like, oh, fuck, he's like, this is legit. Like, yeah, yeah. This ain't real now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I didn't, ex- like, I just went to go load and try, like, rap him, but then now I just got caught with, a, <laughs> with one of his pythons or something like that. But, like, uh, that was sort of like the moment I realized, like, oh, fuck, like, this is, this is, yeah, this is it. Kind of thing, yeah. Uh, for me, growing up, high school, I don't know if you felt the same, but there's guys named Medino from uh, Grandma's. Oh, bro. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, I think they are wonderful. Yeah. Because last name, yeah. yeah. Year eight, we played each other at uh, Simmons Finals. And then my school won that. And then United team, under 15, so always win at it. He was in the midfield. Uh, he beat me year nine and 10. And then we are fresh 15. Uh, yeah, we 11th half ready and yeah, come out now more good games. So he was always a pretty hard player to handle, short, stocky, <laughs> fast as explosive, bumping your run up. So and always with a pink fifty. Yeah, with the pink fifty <laughs> too. So I always look forward to testing myself against players like that. Yeah, he was one that stood out. For me, mine was one of my like closest friends going through high school. He was Nettle's first five um, rivers, right on them. We're all, we'd been close since like year nine, but um, me and him going through age group, we're always like the one, two that was being named. So whenever we end up against each other, it was always like, who was gonna get it? And to be honest, like we'd never get like real dirty with each other, but we definitely talk a lot of shit to each other. <laughs> To be honest, every time I played home and just St. Kent's in general, it was I just knew it was going to be like a hissy match. He was probably going to get the best out of me. And like what was even better about that was that when we did play together and rep teams and all that, we, we were just like that. So yeah, I reckon yeah. that's part of the reason why we were very close. Yeah. I always wonder in rugby, because there's so many tiers, it's not like, the, not like the NBA, unless it's the All-Stars or USA. Like let's say you play All Blacks or Sevens or something. Super and then ITM or minor team, sorry. Are there guys like you played with and you're like boys with them and then you played them in different teams or different level and then it kind of got beefy like you're like nah you're you're a dirty dude like and then that relationship got awkward or anything? Nah, not really that doesn't really happen. Like because it's interesting to see you guys like obviously you're the, the hurricanes, right? And then you come and then you're playing against all these guys from the Wild from Wellington from Hawks Bay and that, like that you're usually teammates with. And then sometimes, oh, State of Origin's a perfect example, right? Yeah, yeah, These yeah. guys are club mates and then all of a sudden they're punching each other yeah. in the jaw and stuff. True. So that's happened to you? Um, yeah, yeah, he was like, uh, rep teams come together and you're like, oh, he's an ogre dude. And you go back to schools and then, you can relate to something. Yeah, I, oh, Rivers and like a couple of the other guys in there that I was close with, like when we played together we were like best friends but once we got on the field and played against each other like if, if any chance i saw rogues at the bottom of a rock i'd just start slapping his face <laughs> and all that you push the photo you're bumping him off yeah i reckon that's just a testament to how like close you can be with people yeah. but then yeah i think it's just a matter of when you're on the field like they're not your friends yeah like yeah, everyone's different. Like some, sometimes people like this guy. This guy likes taking you out for dinner. So, oh, uh, so this guy. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell story. So last year, last round of the uh, Super Rugby uh, was my first start at centre, and our last game we didn't make the playoffs. So our last game was against these guys, the Hurricanes. So these guys named their team, and it was like the young like quote-unquote B team under 23s he calls it so, <laughs> yeah, I knew it I was like wow. so I was on the plane as soon as I land the, the what do you call it the connection comes back on and then ding straight away as soon as I land and he goes do you want to catch up for dinner is this guy <laughs> he's starting on the wing and I was like <laughs> sitting there like wow, I don't know this guy. 
season as well yeah so i was just like oh no, i'll catch up with him but then i remember that after i did that he scored the next play he scored under the post and milani was like oh he's angry he's angry because of you and i was just like oh fuck this shit what am i supposed to get tackled like you want me to get tackled like i just saw a dude come out of me like that i'm gonna stand in front of him speaking about higher level up to the yeah. in the rush but like the higher level so like all blacks for example is there as players as you know, and be honest like if you don't think there isn't just be honest and be <laughs> uncut with it but is uh, can you feel especially those established all blacks that have played like 40 50 more caps are they actually that much better than the rest of the competition or is it like even playing field and they kind of have a mental edge like i think it's a bit of both like yeah Obviously, like I heard, some of them like I don't know, but they kind of turn it on like in the ABs. Like for instance, Martin only was always like yeah. you know travel for like team to team, and then right. all of a sudden like put the jersey on and so it's different, like, different beast. Yeah. Like he's doing cut at balls at full pace, and yeah. all of a sudden he's doing like cross kicks, yeah. and kicks in the corner. It's just like hey, true. Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen this in like you know, but they was kind of like I don't know. There's like you could say that about some of the players that you know they're just sort of like super rugby. They're just there to. Um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're just like, you know, they don't get the best out of them because that's a, another level down. That's sort of almost like some of those NBA players when they go play yeah. um, FIBA. Yeah, yeah. They look like they're just like cruisy. And it looks easy. Yeah, like they true. see, you know, it looks like they're not trying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, go off for 45 true. against the, the playoff series, game seven coming right. up. But yeah, very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I noticed about the All Blacks is like when they come back into the alignment is like they're just like so like self-assured like they're like wow i am good mm. and so they carry themselves their way they prepare their way and they train their way and it's just like a flow and effect so then if they know they're good they go out there and they just rip up right. so um someone like how you said this guy might be misunderstood is like similar for someone like Rico. but like when, when i was coming through school i was like wow like this guy is pretty up, up himself sort of thing but then when i did like start to Chain of him and like see what he's actually like. It's more like oh, he's just got this like out of it, like self belief sort of mm, thing. So yeah. that's a big part. I feel, um, oh, that's what I feel plays a big part in going to that next level. Was just the self belief is like, um, like crazy. So that's something, how you said, like being humble and that, like mm. that's something I started growing up being in, like 
and seeing around in my family, so something I'm working on is just being more mm. like um, mm. expressive, like how you yeah. said, and not thinking too much, just yeah. just going hard. So yeah, I think about the All Blacks is they just go up there, rip up because they know yeah. they're good and then they show you. I'm saying again, like just carrying on what Nello said, when I oh, when I was doing ITC of the Blues and even in Midas when our All Blacks were still here, you could just see like that they knew that they were they were the shit. Like without going out of their way to do it, just how they carried themselves in the gym, mm. we, we went out to train. You know, just everyone doing the extras, you could just see that they knew that they're All Blacks and they do everything at like the standard that they knew they needed to do it at. Um, even, because I remember when I, oh, my first game, or oh, my 10th first game this year and I didn't get picked, but I kind of knew I wasn't going to get picked anyway against Otago, and all the All Blacks boys were playing in that. Um, they, I saw them training hard all week and on a Thursday we go against each other and on my side I, just, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And I was just training, throwing balls over my head and all that. And like, even after that, I had some of them come up to me and they were like, good training today and all that. And I was like, that's probably all it is. You just, you know, you just got to carry yourself some certain way. Because like, you're just going to be a regular guy training and you're just going to end up a regular ass player. That's cool that they acknowledge that, like, it comes to that saying, like, real recognize real. Yeah. And, like, I, I reckon they see that. That's, that's why, like, I know we keep saying same, same, same. But going back to what you guys were talking about, and again, one of my favorite memories is this guy. I can't remember exactly what the trial was. What, who was your first game this season? Was it Otago? Oh, which was your first home game this season? Did you play one round three? One or two? One or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This guy too, like obviously again we grew up with this guy, so we know the context of his like confidence. Um, but like I think there's a, a massive difference between like uh, like telling people on the shit and actually just like showing them on yeah. the shit, like you know what I mean? And like you had a perfect example is Rico Iwane, like right feels on this dude that he's like in the spotlight so bad that like did you guys hear like that commentator Keith Quinn talking about pink boots and hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got pissed off when I saw that stuff and I was just like Bro, like when these guys in the pink boots and haircuts and stuff carve up, you guys look their ass. Yeah, you see yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiwis and shit. The moment like anything bad, it's like oh these guys in the pink boots and blah blah blah. But like, the one reason I love Rico Iwane, like uh, and don't know him, but like he just no matter what, like he's been in the spotlight, especially since last Teenage. year. Like, but he's been in like a bad, like a negative, almost like a negative spotlight the last couple of years. But bro, it doesn't look like he cares. Like yeah. he just plays like when he scored that try against Aussie. Um, in Aussie, after he knocked it on here in New Zealand, like you'd think he'd just be humble and like yeah. get up and like I kicked it last time, like everyone hates, like everyone's still angry. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, man, threw the ball in the air and he was like, yeah. yeah, what now? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, bro, back yourself. Like, yeah. who, like who cares what anyone thinks? Like, that's what I, that's why, I, that's why, again, with you three specifically, and I think that's why you guys get along so much, is because you guys have like utmost confidence in yourselves and in, in each other, like, you know what I mean? So you gonna try Olympics? Oh, I'll make my yeah. I'm not too sure. Like thinking oh, about it. Yeah, thinking about it. Yeah. It's about hard because like you don't know if it's gonna happen. True. Or COVID. Yeah. Right. Even though they say it's like gonna happen anyway, 
the sister they might do a late nah, last minute late call yeah. you know, so, so it's like ah gotta weigh up options and stuff like that mm. I'd love to go I told my mates like last year that I was going to Olympics and I said I'll give you tickets where you can go watch LeBron yeah, yeah. Ah, so ah, <laughs> pretty good yeah yeah they might do a bubble environment though yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, last, last question yeah. was like how do you want your career to end like what do you want people to say when your career ends they want to go People are going. Oh, that remember Dalpa Bunaki? He was. How would you? How would you? To be honest, like I told these guys before, I would like I wouldn't give a shit if I ended up in the black jersey or not. Because to be honest, if when I finish my career, um, I want to be like known as like someone who's real, real to myself, like to my values, um, like real to how I played. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to myself, I was always myself. Because um, in no way, shape or form do I ever want to be known as someone who like just went off the wave because of, it was the right way at the time and all that. Like, even if it ends up me not even going on to high honours, at least I did it my way. Definitely. That's legit. Yeah, yeah my goal has always been um, to compete with the best in the world. And, and I want to be known um, it's the best in the world, like in my position one day, mm. like that is, it's always tough for me to say out loud. The only time I've ever really said it is to like the coaches when they're sitting right here. <laughs> so, yeah, um, whether that is like Tafa said, playing for the All Blacks one day, or going back to league, or just like playing somewhere else in the world, I want to take that off, and then whatever comes from that, um, yeah, I just want to make an impact on people, especially where I'm from, like, um, you know, where I live, uh, you know, oh, he just lives down in Antinav, so if he can do it, right. same, same old story that anyone can, so that's something for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah just um, be the best, I guess I'll be like myself, like, um, try to be the best, so at least he said, uh, that's probably something that um, um, I've been trying to say to myself, and it's quite um, hard to say it, like, you know, out loud, because it's obviously, you know, Top of the syndrome and all mm. this kind of stuff. So, as long as I can be real to myself and say that you know I, I finished how I wanted to finish, then yeah, that's all good. Again, no. But you guys would have been mean growing up in the back of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have stayed with them. Nah, Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Uh, the boys here are trying to thank our guests. They have a big game this Saturday at two or five p.m. Is that right? Um, at Eden Park against Waikato. Um, entry is only ten dollars for adults, so make sure you get your tickets. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Peace.